This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Thanks for checking out 90 for Chill, the podcast. And before I get on to the show, I'd like to offer my weekly content warning. And if the title of the podcast doesn't give it away, and if you weren't listening last week, this is going to be an explicit episode. I don't cuss at all on this, but my guest does. But it's about Fritz the Cat, which is a first X-rated cartoon, the most successful independent cartoon from 1972. And its subject matter and visuals are stuff that nobody under 18 should be seeing. So keep the kids away from this episode, and we'll get on to the show. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. And welcome to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth, the premier CM of Illinois and perhaps the world now. You can find this podcast on your Amazon Echo and your Google Nest devices under Podcast by Russ Stevens. That should get you to this show. You can follow me and what I'm watching on Letterboxd. The username is CM Darth. And this week, Gregory Carl returns to the show to discuss Fritz the Cat which is a important work of animated cinema, just one that you got to be ready for, meaning that I was trying to find a trailer to get some good sound bites on that, and that trailer included a word I don't want to include on my uh, episode, regardless of what race said it. So that's the kind of movie you're going to get. It was a 1970s style trailer where it was all visuals, and oh gosh, the visuals in that in a sense, it's so over the top, you can understand how uh, Robert Crumb, the creator of the Fritz the Cat comic, did not want to be associated with this feature. And there's other things such as the content that it's dealing with, the messages it is. Back at that time, it was perfectly acceptable. Now, well, I mean, it's kind of tough with animation because you just have to be a certain skill set. And this honestly shows, I think, Robert uh, Ralph Baschke's best range. So once you're 18, this is definitely worth the watch. And, you know, as long as you're a thoughtful person, I think you're going to get a kick out of it. With all that said, uh, next week I'm planning to do an episode devoted to Clerks 3. I might get a guest, might not. I just want to see how that all plays out. It debuts tomorrow, uh, or I should say today, in podcast time. Otherwise, if you want to be on the show or be that guest, uh, send an email to russthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-07 at gmail.com. Just offer me a movie, a theme, a director, an actor, preferably under 100 minutes, but I can definitely work around that. So love to hear from you. Rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps. Five stars preferably if you want to talk trash about the show. My Twitter handle is at catbusrus at C-A-T-B-U-S-R-U-S-S. With all that said, uh, thanks again for coming to 90 for Chill, the podcast, and enjoy the show. What a bore. They just sit there and take bennies and stay up all night with their face stuck in a bunch of books and their thumb up their ass. Oh, yes, yes. I remember when the time when it was all very inspiring and enlightening, all this history and literature and sociology shit. 
you think learning is a really big thing, and you become this big fucking intellectual and sit around trying to out-intellectual all the other big fucking intellectuals. You spend years and years with your nose buried in these goddamn tomes while the world is passing you by. All the stuff to see and all the kicks and all the girls are out there and me, a writer and a poet who should be having adventures and experiencing all the diversities and paradoxes and ironies of life and passing over all the roads of the world and digging all the cities and towns and, and rivers and the oceans and making all of them chicks. Oh, God. As a writer and a poet, it is my duty to get out there and dig the world. To swing the whole friggin' scene while there is still time, man. My farting around days are over, baby. From this day on, I shall live every day as if it was my last. Yeah, yeah, I must do it. No more of the dreary, boring classes, the dismal lectures, the sitting around bullshitting with pretentious, fat-ass hippies. No more of the books, the spoutings of a bunch of old farts who think they know the whole goddamn score. <laughs> oh, my God, what have I done? Uh... <laughs> I set all my notes and books and stuff on fire, and uh, now I can't study for my exams. Now I'll flunk out, and my folks will be pissed off as hell. I'll, I'll get a blanket. The blanket's on fire. And we better call the fire department. Hello there. So I just started to do some editing on the podcast, and it takes about 10 minutes for us to get off of. Cubs, Affleck, CM Punk, Straight Edge, wrestling, all that stuff. Just, you know, shooting the shit with each other. So I went and cut that portion off and threw it after David Tennant asked for a woohoo. Thus, if you want to cut out after the movie talk, feel free to. Thanks for the download. Hold on to your butts. Did I hit the Audacity recording? No. So, all right. Well bollocks to that portion so well we better just uh get to the show i suppose um i i don't know i will stop you know let's keep the wrestling chat going i was able to refrain from it with the uh recording last night of uh big trouble in little china podcast which you know uh that's why i said oh i gotta do sunday then it was basically on twitter uh a guy from um, George from the not a strong start podcast, a movie podcast based out of LA. Like, Oh yeah, I can do three thirty my time. And it's like, yeah, I can't. And I did invite uh, Andrew TD. If you know that comic, um, uh, uh, like I said, look, I'll give you the information. If you want to pop on, you can pop on. Cause they were both talking about doing big trouble. So it's like, um, but you know, we did refrain ourselves from wrestling. At least, uh, I think we were all wrestling fans in that one. We did talk about, um, George brought up the, uh, his favorite scene and only really worthwhile scene of, uh, no holds barred is what's that smell. (laughs) 
after yeah, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. But I know. Sure. I, I think all I can think of is I'm pretty sure Shout Factory has probably picked up the rights and are going to do a deep Blu-ray of it. So I think it'll be available soon. But it was on Hulu forever. And now it's gone. Um, so, but, um, you know, I just want to get to it with uh, CM Punk. Um, I think they're already saying that, no, they're just kind of a rematch in, uh, uh, on Sunday. I, I it was crazy to me how he lost his title like that, man. Oh no, I think that's the best way to lose a title is just to get squashed and you have a good excuse with your foot. I mean, people were saying that he's definitely coming back too early. So it made perfect sense. Um I don't think it's a punishment thing. Uh being the elite, the uh they already made light of the fact that punk like the episode that would have been recorded at that show. They already made light. Page already made light of that. Like he's trying to train the uh, Dark Order to be a even better threesome, and then he's like, one point, a uh, guy pops his head into the room as he's teaching him, yelling, coaching him, and hey, uh, Page, Punk just went and said, "Shut up! I'm training these guys." <laughs> um, so I don't know. I would think the way to go, like the beauty is, if Punk turns heel in Chicago it'll get over. That's what they got to do. Um, if they're going to have a rematch. I, my only problem is I don't like trading the titles like that. This is like Lex Luger winning it from Hogan on Monday and losing it, uh, losing it in Sturgis on Sunday. Like, let, let's not do stuff to pop a rating, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, actually, what I would love to see is CM Punk they announced punk and then punk no i'm in no condition but i found you a worthy uh worthy opponent uh moxley and i would say be either kota ibushi which is just going to blow the roof off the place or the more effective one would be to present mjf as his stand-in so, yeah, that'd be pretty great, but yeah. I, I feel like Kenny Omega is just going to take the title back, and we're just going to have that. Uh, yeah, well, Kenny's a ways away from that. He's got to, they got to either lose uh, against Aussie Open, and I don't think that's a good move. Uh, I'm sorry, the United Empire. I think you save uh, Moxley Osprey for Wrestle Kingdom. Um, yeah, so. All right, there's the wrestling chatter. I think we only took up maybe 10 minutes at tops, but uh, yeah, that's what to expect, uh, sadly. Uh, well, I don't know. I shouldn't say sadly. Like, a lot of podcasts just talk about movies. Like, you know, this is about us, really, I suppose. And the importance of sub 100 minute movies. Oh, uh, no, man. I'm not nearly as cool as Fritz the Cat. Yes, thank you. That is how you transition. All right. So this is 90 for Chill, the podcast. And tonight we are taking on Ralph Bashke's, uh claimed the largest uh, grossing independent animated feature of all time, the rated X, when that actually meant something, Fritz the Cat, which is an adaptation of, of Robert Crumb's a comic from the 60s which uh crumb as a response to this movie killed fritz the cat right after it 
Yeah, uh, I respect that move. Uh, yeah, well, it's a good move anyhow, I think. Um, but this is the first thing, though. It's like I'm watching as they're trying to set up this story about... Um, honestly, it's very appropriate for our time right now. Of, like, people wanting to be educated and then learning that yeah that learning that uh what your parents taught you is bullshit and in turn but what are you really doing with said education i think is the message's story and um i think it's thank you for saying that thank you for saying that i was watching this movie and i i I, i'm sorry for skipping ahead a little bit but it was the scene where he was interacting with the crows right yes i know what you're talking about friend came walking uh walking in like from smoking a cigarette no context just sees him interacting with the crows and like why are you watching why is this so racist and like it's not this is 70s dirty cartoon this is social satire from the 70s yeah um yeah no it i don't really like the problem with this movie is not the fact that it t- tries to tackle racism. The problem is that it's being told by white people. Really, it. Yeah, this is true. I mean, Ralph Baschke, I think, is actually Jewish, but it's um, it's kind of cute when you have the introduction of Fritz pretty much being as the uh, his entourage of females initially try to. Um, to uh talk talk you know impress a crow with how much they're learned about the culture and um you know for it, it's that and the crow basically saying hey, you don't know me and fritz um in turn eventually goes on a bug out as they say and tries to discover live the culture and that don't white work out for whitey <laughs> no uh so but the formalities uh this is uh obviously i'm cool movies darth russ stevens scoop staley if you've seen reviews that i've been left on your podcast you know come back reciprocate um i'll give you the five stars i know the algorithms and um my guest is once again gregory carl you can't you know as i said earlier in case of in case of uh problems grab vodka this would be that guy <laughs> um of the mud show podcast uh wrestling uh podcast and uh we are discussing uh, ralph Baskey's fritz the cat uh now like robert crumb i know i i understand why he's angry at it because he they didn't like fritz was just a crazy cat that just found weird ways to get screwed in the good way um as a comic book uh comic characters comic strip character um yeah to go and do social satire with it um and especially the fact that is it our place to as non-african americans to tackle the subject i mean i almost sent a tweet out last night saying you know um trying to do a positive message like you should see fritz the cat and then it's like oh and how it tells you you know that white people should just listen to black people shut the hell up and just listen to black people (laughs) not 
action. First time, I think it was a uh, well intentioned. Oh, I think no, it, I think it's still like I don't, I don't question the intention. I'm just saying it's like it's not our place to tell their experience. And perhaps at the time, it's imp- like we just the the issue is we just had to go in. Nobody is going to listen to a black man tell about their experience. So this movie is about, you know, a cat, uh, Fritz the cat trying to learn about the experience, at least the second act of the movie. And then the third act, it's uh, the exact opposite. Yeah, that really goes off the rails, don't it? But we'll get there. Yeah. I don't know if it goes off the rails. It just shows you that um, in case you were getting behind the cat a little too much for, you know, speaking truths. (laughs) <laughs> to be fair there was a for me when i watched that rewatched this movie there was a pretty extensive length of time to, to me seeing the last 20 minutes half hour of this movie yeah so it was a shock to me like no way this is a, he's what yes yeah um but you know when uh, robert crumb complains about the movie not being a true adaptation of fritz the cat it's kind of like, um, yeah, but I think it's a true adaptation of your work when your when your opening titles focuses on a guy on a guy's stream of piss. <laughs> yeah, and as I say, that that tells the tells basically what uh, the right wing message is. Those guys like, oh, you know, we go and put so much, you know, we go and work our asses off to go and. Uh, you know, send our make our make sure our kids are better than us, and then they turn around and say, uh, uh, "No, what you taught us wasn't isn't isn't right. We know we know more th- more than you." And it's like, and it's the right who basically says, "Well, that can't be." And um, to be fair, this is coming from a guy that pretty much hated everything, and he used to hump his aunt's boot. Yes. Hold on a moment. I got to. Hello? Uh, no, no. I'm just uh, recording a podcast right now. <laughs> oh, no. I, I called dad last night, mom. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye. Uh, I do love my mother. She. <laughs> But that's kind of like did she, did her ear were her ears burning <laughs> as I talk about the uh, right wing <laughs> and their ideas basically like you can't know better than us. You're not going to lose another job, are you, Russ? <laughs> uh, you know, I did mention my employer at the my current employer at the during my uh, nightly C two E twos podcast. I did catch that. It's like yeah. You know, if they listen to the bonus episodes, like, because uh, I dropped them like night of if I could. And, uh, you know what? Like, if, you know, if they're not, you know, if they're listening, if they're stuck to this Tuesday mold, you know, they, I, I told, like I said, all right, on the uh, final episode of that, like, okay, I'm going to talk about pretty much the whole experience in the third day in, in particular. And then after you hear, uh, as I end this podcast, always with David Tennant as um, Crowley, the demon. Can I have a wahoo? And 
like you can just skip the rest of the podcast if you listen to the last two episodes. So it's all about the downloads. This isn't YouTube where it's please stick to the end <laughs> to help our algorithm. Um, so yeah, and no, Robert Crumb is like the best. Like Robert Crumb, I think would probably. And I I do need to watch the documentary Skimble Skimble. Oh, I already watched the documentary a couple of days ago. I, I, I uh, full disclosure, I did not realize what day it was when I said I was free on Sunday. Okay, I to actually go back and rewatch Fritz the Cat from beginning to end, but I did recently see the end. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean the the first act is just like the first two acts are some of the best in animated cinema, I think. Um, oh, I'm a sucker for uh, animation from this time. I, I, I'm a huge R- Ralph Bakshi fan. Yeah, I mean, um, and I'll and I'll just be um, be up front. This is like the f- first time I've seen Ralph Bakshi with uh, anthropomorph. Ah, shoot, let me make say it out. Um, anthropomorphic animals. Yay! Uh, you did it. Yes. Um, I did so yeah I have notes um and vodka but notes <laughs> um and I um uh, basically like said you know stating that cuz back to wrestling um fucking I know- control your narrative god damn it fucking EC3 oh, what the fuck is this shit you said Tommy Dreamer was in there oh my god this control your narrative stuff is so douchey it well, is so douchey yeah no I Makes my eyes roll every time any of these fuckers speak. <laughs> uh, controlling your narrative is, I think, a well-intended idea. They have a unnecessary sense of elitism about it, um, and I don't think they know what they're doing. Um, but I'm not going to be too judgmental about them. You can hear an Uncle Cracker cover band in their very first show. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Well, that that doesn't help them. Um, but you said Dreamer, and it's like, oh, come on, Tommy. Latimer. Latimer. Tom oh, Latimer. Tom Latimer. Um, yeah, with EC three, they set that up night one. Okay. Oh well, that's um. Eh, it. I can't believe I'm gonna do Tom Latimer like that, man. He deserves better. Come on. I can't remember who Tom Latimer. <laughs> I know I've seen him. I know he's good. Uh, Tom Latimer. I can't remember what where he was. He's uh, Camille's husband. Uh, Camille. Oh, Cam- no, that's still like uh, Tom Latimer. I know he's got to have a. Uh... Oh, jeez. NWA guy. I thought I th- yeah, but the name is Tom. I know well. Yeah, you say EC3 and okay, English. Oh, he was Braun. Not Braun. Um, no, Bram. The uh, gosh, he likes his chicks tall because he was the former Miss Charlotte Flair. <laughs> um, I think he's the guy who kicked Fla- Rick's ass, actually, over a domestic disturbance. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, oh, no, you're well versed. At, you're way more well versed in that kind of stuff than I am. I just kind of watch the stuff and. Oh, like that it. this is this is back when I'm working 
um, in call centers. And like, if I don't have a call, I want refreshing a uh, wrestle zone at that time. I was a big Mark Madden uh, fan. So, um, but uh, yeah, he's a, so yeah. So this is the first, so, but my wrestling story um, about this is like about Ralph Baskey is, uh i was wrestling i think i told the story about how yeah i am glad that new jack stabbed that guy 16 times in georgia because that was the promotion where i suffered my worst concussion um and with that um concussion though you know they got to keep me awake the entire night you know to make sure i don't die so i'm not too bitter at um the promoter of NGW next generation wrestling in Peoria. Does he deserve to be any hall of fames? No, but I'm, you know, um, Are they even still around. I never heard of that. Next generation okay. wrestling. No, they, they had their last show in 2012. And that was, um, like, um, it basically like they were shut down for a year and then they, they did one you know, one last hurrah, I think was the name of the show. And I got, I was told I pissed a lot of people off because I said, uh, we don't deserve the hurrah. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Sounds like you won. All right, Camille versus Maxie Impaler. All right. All right, well, while we're on wrestling talk, yeah. I, I, fuck, I, 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 I love Fritz the Cat, but uh, I have feelings about this. Okay, Maxie Impaler. Yeah. She, just, she doesn't talk. She just grunts and everything. Yeah. She wins the title, which everyone seems to think she's going to win the title. That You feel like that's degrading to women, having a, a women's champion that doesn't talk. No, I don't think that's degrading to women. Um, I'm not too familiar with Camille and uh, promos. I remember her as the insurance policy for uh, Nick Aldis. Uh, I mean, the pandemic screwed up my watching habits. I'll just be up front like, eh, okay, and NWA Power is definitely not going to be around for a while. Um, no, I was there. I was watching Power every Monday. Um, and uh, <laughs> I like Impaler, but mostly by association. Uh, I like uh, oh, fuck, James Mitchell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> James, oh, Mitchell James Mitchell, like. It's sad that nobody's really going to know that, you know, I don't think WWE's ever going to treat the memory of ECW well. Like, the sinister minister to Jerry and Mikey Riprack. That was, like, just a brilliant... Like, that was the best use of James Mitchell. Not not the freaking... Uh, I, I can't recall the, his faction with Mortis and Wrath. Um, He's good in early TNA. Oh yeah, no, uh New Church, yeah. You know but, what I think is hilarious about that though is his uh his horned eyebrows. Yes. Do you remember his horned eyebrows? Yeah. That's attention to detail, my friend. Oh yeah. How no. do you fucking horn your eyebrows like that? Oh, that's something Kevin Sullivan would do. I mean, this is just a guy who came up in that learning tree. Um, unfortunately, Kevin's eh, Kevin Sullivan was so Kevin Sullivan's problem was he was so dedicated to the monster idea that well it eventually blew up in his face with uh, um, the Dungeon of Doom. Um, 
I mean, and it and everything blew up in his face and he, Kevin Sullivan's face anyhow when he thought, yeah, you know what's best for um, your angle with my wife that you actually travel with her. Yeah. Uh, dedication to kayfabe and yeah. So While we're touching on a controversial subjects. You know what was crazy to me about the very first night of NWA seventy four uh, last night? Uh, okay, they had a uh, they had a match with a baby doll was at ringside with her daughter, and they kept bringing up Grizzly Smith. Oh, jeez! Over and over again to the point where even I was like, "Can you guys stop bringing up Grizzly Smith?" Yeah, it is yeah. Lydia, you just, can we stop talking about it? It was a we good. No, it's weird. You're talking about it right now. Uh, but I mean, it was a. It, he he created one of the most underappreciated generations of wrestlers. Oh my god! Uh, and and, uh, and you haven't no, seen that dark side of the ring. No, I no, I haven't seen that. Um, no, it's like all you have to do is watch Beyond the Mat, uh, and that tells you all you need to know about Grizzly Smith. And how screwed up J- Jake Roberts was, and how we should still be happy we have Jake Roberts. I mean, I don't know. I'm an atheist. So I don't, be- you know, but no, Jake Roberts, uh, Sam, Sam, uh, Sam Houston, yeah, Sam Houston, right? Who never got I've a seen good. Some of his matches, he was, dude, he was fucking good. No, he he was, yeah, he he had the athleticism. Like Jake Roberts uh, was all psychology. Uh, Sam Houston was an athletic guy, good '80s style wrestler. Uh, he wrestled at he was at WrestleMania four in uh, the Battle Royal, um, which was the uh, Bad News Brown and uh, yeah, but if he didn't have finish. in his life, he probably wouldn't have like thirty DUIs. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's yeah, I I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, I really got now. I got to check the runtime of Beyond the Mat. Like, does that qualify for ninety for chill? I don't uh, know. It was. Uh, it really fucking bothered me how often they brought up Grizzly Grizzly Smith. Yeah, I I don't know. I I can't like. It's been so long long since I watched NWA, and as I say, the pandemic screwed everything up. And it's like, like you know, I'm going through. Yeah, I feel things are financially tight. It's like, can I go and get to every pay-per-view? And, you know, of course things are tight. And then it's like, and your PlayStation uh, Plus renewal just happened. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I could have just gotten the gone the Best Buy, used my used my credit card. Because it's a great business. I, I'm tiptoeing, obviously, but <laughs> uh, and just gotten myself a uh that opens with a giant orgy with anthropomorphic animals. I know, and it and, and honestly, that was not that. <laughs> I don't think that was that screwed up to me. Um, because okay, mammals have boobs. Like, um, like my biggest problem with Lola Bunny is why doesn't she have three sets of boobs? <laughs> I mean, there's a my favorite television show is Red Dwarf, a British comedy, science fiction, um, and one of the need to watch that. yeah, I, I agree. I'd say you could probably just go right to season three, 
season two is like very sitcom-y um you know two guys who can't stand each other living with the living having to live together very much like the young ones which take that series takes a while to get used to like you have to get through the first episode and how absurd it is to really appreciate it red dwarf jester told me when i when i was doing stand-up way back in the day one of the very first things jason jester ever told me was here i remind him of uh the the guy in the young ones the guy that's always stirring the soup okay yeah yeah i know who you're talking about i've written yeah um but um so but one of the characters on red dwarf is a felis sapien uh basically the the premise behind that character is when our uh, primary character dave lister decides to um instead of surrendering a cat he smuggled a pregnant cat he smuggled on board to red dwarf he would go into suspended forfeit his wages and enter suspended animation for the rest of the the rest of the journey which was supposed to be 18 months uh, what happens is there's a radiation leak that his bunk mate failed to secure and it vaporizes the crew. But the cats in their hiding place in the hole were not affected. So the premise of Red Dwarf is that Lister is awoken out of suspended animation when the radiation level levels were safe that was 3 million years in the future. So the cats have evolved into humans, but they still make jokes about like uh, in the eighth season where they tried kind of a soft reboot, um, like bringing the crew back who got vaporized. Um, They're investigating the cat. Huh? Six nipples. I wonder I, I, I wonder what the females are like and the cat um portrayed by Danny John Jules. You can it's he's a worthwhile IMDB. Um like he was in Blade 2 as the black um night hunter or day hunter, whatever they were called. And um he, he has a role in this I in uh Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. He did a real interesting movie called uh, Sucker Punch, not not that Zack Snyder bullshit. Uh, uh, okay. That uh, I hated that. Zach. Yeah, no, I I hated it too. Um, but Tom Hardy, but like it's weird. Tom Hardy just has a cameo. It's a 2008 movie, and he's like got two lines, and it's like shot on video. It's like a vanity project of a you um uh, a, a British MMA guy. Um, but uh, Danny John Jules is a so as a um does like a american accent and like i wonder what the females are like and he just pops up pretty easy to please in bed <laughs> so i don't really i'm not really bugged too much by the orgy sequence um since it was all mammals but once you get the crows involved and it's like uh, okay yeah crows have twats i'm not gonna question that but <laughs> boobs nipples no nah. okay now we're getting a little screwy um and just just trying to catch my yeah, notes you up yeah bird nipples yeah just uh just <laughs> trying to catch my notes up like oh i mean everything in the background 
aside from the animation the backgrounds are beautiful in this movie like um uh Bashki definitely tried his best to be as loyal to the comic at least in terms of character design but the backgrounds the how he, he's adapted it goes back to like um fire and ice and lord of the rings when he started using retroscoping whereas, oh yeah it, it's beautiful yeah but his his backgrounds like his able ability to capture new york and they kind of show it in the end credits like yeah he nails it um but another uh, note I had was just a silly one. Is I always kind of mix up Fritz the cat with Felix the cat. Uh, growing up, at least, I heard about the X-rated cartoon, and like, well, Felix had a bag of tricks. Yeah, like, I mean, I, 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 I know Felix was family friendly and all that, and but then again, like, uh, one of my favorite uh, punk bands is the Queers. And they would like incorporate Felix the cat into like all their stuff. And like, oh, well, is this the same guy? <laughs> yeah, so and the answer is no. Um Yeah, to me, like Fritz is like um he, he is like a moron that just kind of stumbles onto things. Well, he no, and that thank you for with whatever he comes across. Well, Right, and thanks for bringing that up because it's like that. I appreciate this movie mocking the idea of posers. Um, and as we go right, I mean, obviously Fritz the Cat is the biggest poser, but I loved it when he. Um, oh, thank God, Camille wins. Okay, um, I love it when uh, Fritz uh goes and um, like you see the as I brought up the uh. First, Fritz is trying to play bullshit movie music in Central Park and gives up on that to go and chase the uh, inevitable orgy crew. And, um, like, they're going and trying to impress a crow. And crows, like Dumbo, are black people, essentially. Um, and the crow, you know, tells him, You don't know, I am not that N word. Um, <laughs> And the crows, and the crow, the crow blows those girls off. Like, oh, one of them, I'm Jewish, and that's supposed to be the closest thing to being black. Which, yeah, Jesus Christ was black. I'm going to stand by that one. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah. And then he basically goes and sees that they're just trying to act intellectual, and he gives his, you know, monologue. You know, oh, I'm so distraught. I've seen. I've been to all four corners of the world. He knows he's just being a poser right to them. You know, I've fought with so many men and laid with so many women. And yeah, talks him into doing or getting into the orgy, which really was supposed to be a foursome. And then, you know, oh, he's getting shagged in the bathroom. <laughs> Let's bring all the women. Let everybody wants to get involved. And Gosh, it's it's weird how um pot culture it was how like really this is what pot culture how people were scared of pot culture? I mean I mean I know you had reefer madness and such, but geez, like this is pot is not the end all be all drug. I mean, and they don't do any other real drugs in this movie. Um 
So well, they don't do well. No, there's a oh, well one. the 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 uh, bike the biker the biker gang is shooting yeah. up shooting up H. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, as they say, first uh, Ralph Baskin movie I've seen with anthropomorphic animals because um, I'm sure they were in Cool World, but I was concussed. So I was, I mean, to the point where, you know, everybody's just trying to make sure. This is a wild ass fucking cartoon, man. Yeah, no, that's that just, Today okay, is yeah. pretty fucking wild. Oh, yeah, no, I, I don't think this is an R by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, this is a guy who hates when anime gets PG 13 and like, well, you're disrespecting these beautiful anime boobs <laughs> <laughs> by saying, no, they're not human. So like, come on. Um, so as they say, it's a classic tale of basically, and Fritz the cat even does it when he burns down his dorm, you know, like we're not learning, you know, what are we doing with this education? What's this education for? <laughs> Experience is far more important. And then he like uh, burns all his notes so he could like, oh shoot. And now my life is over. Uh, so uh, after the, but the orgy, and this brings us the most obvious uh, metaphor is that the cops who break it up are portrayed as pigs. I do find it funny that one of the pigs is Jewish by the end. Um, oh yeah i did catch that and well it was during the uh when uh fritz escapes from the orgy and hides out in the synagogue (laughs) and like everything goes crazy once uh like you got one you got one of the one of the one of the cops telling the other cop you know just shut up shut up you don't talk you know and then once the um the all the rabbis hear the uh, radio say you know how we're going to give more weapons to israel and their wars with wars with the arabs they start dancing and like the the um jewish cop is like you can't dance you're not jewish <laughs> um yeah so that's that's crazy it, it, i find it you know i love the irony of you know, of course you know you can't have pork and uh be jewish um i mean i don't know like well i'm not a big pork fan myself um beef is like give me the high end with beef give me the beef or give me chicken one end or the other not this uh camouflage stuff unless it's bacon as a great comic uh, oh shoot and i can't think of his name um obviously he did the hot pockets bit jim gaffian thank you you know he did a bacon bit you know bacon is the pixie dust of salads Bippity boppity bacon. <laughs> um, so, um, so there's that. So he, so Fritz gets in, gets his orgy busted up, basically, and is a fugitive because he smoked pot, blew, shot, shot up a toilet <laughs> with the cop's gun, and then after you know trying to figure things out, he burns down his dormitory, burning all his useless notes. And then he's trying to find himself. So he goes to Harlem (laughs) and one crow does take him under his wing, you know, like I'm going to show you how it's done. And as I say, that's kind of the uh, importance and something like, 
and honestly, you can look at it, the Obama presidency as basically um, like there's so many people my mom said voted for Obama who are Republicans because I grew up in a town of 97% white people. Um, and I think that's an understatement. <laughs> um, and how like so many... Like his his solution to everything was stabbing people. Oh, the uh, black the black crow. Yeah. Oh no, he he was like, and that's a statement on what white man has done to the black man from the white man's vision, as I say. Um, the entire socialism thing that Fritz is going on is pretty wise. Like, um, uh, turning into a race thing. That's kind of the. Uh, Slippery slope. That's about to happen where the uh, race white riot happens. Um, you got a lot of music video type stuff, honestly, before the race white riot, like the entire um, stealing the car scene. Uh, oh yeah. Like and then like it's funny. Like I'm looking over Ralph Baschke's, uh filmography and I'm kind of like kicking myself in the head because I have like the definitive DVD of um my life with the thrill kill cults uh video stuff up until you know probably 2002 when it's like oh let's release a dvd and i guess ralph baschke did the animation for uh sex on wheels like sure yeah um which i didn't really appreciate like and that it's sad because i'm an industrial music like i didn't really know my get to really know my industrial music until like i i knew kmfdm i knew ministry um but then it's like uh one of my a guy who was supposed to be my trainer like it was supposed to be we train in davenport on friday then we drive to chicago chicago berwin in particular to um train before the shows like danny daniels would teach us in iowa and then when we get to chicago eric priest the underwear model was his original gimmick uh um real cut guy i think he's still working uh took some time off very good very very funny guy i uh, probably known him better from facebook than i do, do an actual person uh but so his entrance music was sex on wheels like wrestling has pretty much allowed me that uh, to that's been my key to getting into new genres of music in all honesty <laughs> like i knew nothing about rap until new jack and uh natural board killers hits um and then you know oh well, if you like that then you're definitely gonna like rooting and it's like oh uh but um yeah so let's see as i say classic tale of obtaining knowledge but how to use it is the big problem and that's what the right wing is basically telling us well you can know everything but you can't survive is their message um so yeah the entire segment in harlem it's like how whites want to understand why we're hated and uh try to find a way to repar you know provide reparations or identify with the black uh, experience and it's like no that's not our place and that brings me back to obama it's like you know people voted there was so many people who voted him just because they thought it's time for a black president and on the Republican side of people who did that because, you know, a lot of people just feared that uh, uh, John McCain wasn't going to live, live through an eight year presidency. 
at least that's what they say uh, my uncle in particular um <laughs> is like okay so race it again it was classic racism is over right and uh you know and then it's like oh no you know we gotta go and help the poor and you know and everybody's like no to begin with and then it became a race thing after that it's like oh i'd love the bit we got the uh bombing i got the movie on in my peripheral and we have the bombing of harlem and you see a bit where mickey basically mickey donald and minnie are cheering on the riot just in the shadow you only see their you only see their black silhouettes <laughs> um and yeah so like, oh, i'm getting through these notes pretty fast so uh right this is definitely a movie like again about the uh white white man trying to create content for everybody type issue um my dad's favorite movie is uh from 1969 black and white film shot by robert downey senior uh called putney swope and oh i get where my dad loves it i i understand like i like love the story the story is basically there's a um during one of the uh, CEO meetings at one of the meetings of the board at a advertising agency on Madison Avenue in New York, the CEO has a heart attack and dies. And everybody's like, well, who's going to be his successor and the rules of voting for the successors. You can vote for anybody, but you can't vote for yourself. So, Everybody places a vote and everybody ends up voting for Putney Swope, the only black man on the board. Because the logic was, well, nobody's going to vote for the black guy. Every white board member thought that. So Putney ends up running the place and he's basically just burning it to the ground in a socialist revolution. And it's a comedy um and it's just beautiful but as i say it's still robert downey june senior is the guy behind the camera i gotta research the script i guess is what i'm saying there i definitely know ralph bashke and you know ralph bashke and i think the producer who was able like bashke and crumb could not come to terms but the producer was able to buy it from crumb is what i gathered and um yeah this so that's um yeah i mean it's just like these movies are important to watch to understand that hey at least white people were trying to tell other white people not to be dicks to other people to minorities (laughs) but it's not our place to tell people not to be dicks (laughs) Uh, uh, unless you've been doing white face the entire time gregory (laughs) Yeah, it was Louis C.K.'s uh, movie that made him decide to start making short films. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, uh, uh, Louis C.K., as they say, is the comics comic. And 
you know that had sadly he's the entire reason people are saying well you can't be a stand-up comic because look what they did to louis ck it's like louis is out to make his comic his comics laugh he could care less about society selfish prick oh he just made that fourth of july movie apparently that's pretty good i haven't watched it yet i haven't i wasn't even aware of it like I mean, after he won a Grammy, I think it was for best spoken word after everything. I mean, geez, he went on, you know, made jokes about, you know, how the Parkland kids were idiots. Like, one, they're not brave for what they're doing. And two, like, you know, if they were smart, they would have hid behind the black, the uh, fat kids. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I understand the joke. I'm not saying it, you know, like, there's a different way to tell that joke is all I'm going to say. Um, well, when that was released, that wasn't a finished joke either. The, yeah, but everybody, like, this guy shouldn't have immediately been like, oh, it's been three months. I'm going to start working on my routine again. Um, yeah, like, I mean, he has, you know, he had no sense of, like, you know, like, like I advocate to for Marty Skrull to get signed to AEW. Like if you have Sammy Guevara walking around your locker room, and you got Jay Lethal, who's been accused by numerous women in Ring of Honor of being a sexual predator, it's like really like the entire problem with Marty Skrull is not that he, not about the rape. It's like oh, it was a sixteen-year-old. And I'm not even saying it was rape, but I'm just saying it's like, oh no, the circumstances. Like, I, I mean, I'm just saying it's like we cheered on um, Anthony Michael Hall in um, what was it, uh, Sixteen Candles, <laughs> for uh, getting with the with that chick who was drunk, <laughs> and then uh, we cheer on uh, Luke. Luke um, Wilson in old school after he's, you know, accidentally slept with a 17 year old <laughs> under weird circumstances. It's like, I'm not questioning that, I'm not questioning age and everything. I'm saying that technically, unlike uh, Olsen, if it was consensual, uh, like Owen, uh, Luke Wilson, if it was character, if it was consensual, then it's, you know, it wasn't illegal, so I digress. Like, I got into sent something about on my Twitter feed at CatBusRuss about how we got to impeach Brett Kavanaugh. Clarence Thomas would be good too over them being sexual predators. And it's like, you know, and then somebody's going and like, I don't know what you're getting at, like, burden of proof. And it's like, yeah, it, this is always going to be a he said, she said situation. And you're telling me that every she said is making it up because I can't prove it. And yeah, that's total, you know, circumstances. I, I know many of people who've um, acknowledged who's got family who acknowledges, oh yeah, you, you were um, molested by this family member, but eh, we can't prove it. So what are we going to do? And uh, this guy, and I'm going to say his pot, his uh, podcast, the recasted podcast keeps going on. It's like, 
well, I mean, what am I supposed to tell my daughter if she gets something happens to her? You know, it's like, I can't, we can't prove it. So you just got to learn to live with it. Screw that. <laughs> like I would go and put a, like, I, I, I will say nobody deserves to die. And, but limp the rest of their life. I will happily apply. Well, I don't know. I've tried playing that out in my head. Like, would I be the guy to be able to go and commit the sentence of locking in an ankle lock and breaking it? <laughs> That's not me. So maybe I can't say, even say that. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. Society is so screwed up. And that's funny because i was watching a um video about control your narrative and it's like who would wear this this um this merchandise i think one of the shirts is like we live in a effed up society (laughs) who would wear that it's like i don't know any punk fan (laughs) that's that's like i i think that could be the next bullet club shirt that makes the hot topic i mean if the people at um, control your narrative weren't so ego driven. <laughs> They'd put it on poor wrestling tees. <laughs> yeah, dude, everything about. <sighs> yeah, it's this team so touchy. Yeah, it's there's a way they could have done it. And I don't know. They kind of screwed everything up when they sent their manifesto about no super kits. Like, we're going to be different. Like they were so desperate to be different. They didn't think about what to build. And I could go on to like people complaining about AEW's women's division, not getting enough attention. It's like, well, it's not like WWE where people demanded the women's division get attention. This is um, women's wrestling. Like, women's wrestling. It's kind of like, well, you got to promote it like men's wrestling. You got to promote the re- women like men's wrestlers. And you're going to have to like, they deserve their own two hour show somewhere to properly tell their narrative. And then it's going to be sexism that kills it. Not, not creativity. And I'd say AEW is just not in a position to be creative. Hopefully that'll change. Like, I think they got another TV show coming up. So um so nwa's got a strong women's division uh camille is cool because she always uh, just looks like she's going to kill whatever's in front of her oh yeah i know believe me i'm all i am cheery like camille is a great great champion because you either want her to be dominant or you want somebody to beat her um i'd say so um i guess that's the vibe of charlotte flair but I mean, it's sure the, the problem is once you get the machine behind you we're gonna throw throw it out back up at you like i brought up uh since um we were talking about a john carpenter movie we brought up uh last night we brought up um you know how roddy piper is the only other guy who could be jack burton And we brought up again, like how um, Roddy Piper made up most of his do- his one liners. So that's been confirmed. Um, so that's like what we need, you know. 
um and i and you know and then they pretty much let the rock do that thing that's why it took you know may have took 20 years of the shoving it down our throat and it's eventually worked the rock you like the rock in movies and same thing with john cena it's like yeah and roman reigns he can't do it (laughs) so but um so yeah we're right now in the movie so we've had the harlem riots um Fritz is uh, being dragged by his uh, girlfriend Winston across country. He wasn't being dragged. It sounded like a good deal, and but you know, she's. I think somebody who wants to be domesticated, and Fritz is obviously not in that position. So he's about to run into the their uh, car ran out of gas, and he's going to run into the junkie bunny, and it's like. I don't know. People are... uh, around there. Like I was watching it. I was watching this movie, and she, uh, my girlfriend, brought the brought the baby in the room, and you know she was nursing the baby, and the uh, the hick started smashing the chickens. The chickens, yes, yes. That just happened a few moments ago. No, no, turn it off, turn it off. (laughs) She just started to learn about animals. Yeah, no, and again, it's a classic right wing episode. Who cares what we know if we know how to fix things? <laughs> um, Shut up! Yes, so yeah, Fritz is gonna hitch a hot hitch a ride with the biker, the biker bunny who's got all the, like it's it's one of those weird things. Gosh, people who want to defend, and it's just basically this American culture are such such more i mean they're so desperate to defend our racism and our ignorance and you know and traditions that like it just brought up you know the the it's obviously that the bunny is a nazi (laughs) and he's got the swastikas on his vehicle but then again bikers love the iron cross (laughs) like yeah. No, that was a German award for bravery. <laughs> I mean, granted, most American American white people have German heritage. <laughs> but yeah, no, you got to keep in mind there was no Germany when our German heritage came over here. <laughs> Mo- you know, modern Germany came in what maybe the mid 1800s like prussia was still a thing hessians were the you know mercenaries for the english like i mean we're so desperate to like no we have history like that's just it americans are so desperate to have history and we don't we're a country that's not even 250 years old um so it's like come on um you know, the English have William the Conqueror in 1062, I think it was. I mean, I tried to impress an English chick recently at a bar with my three lions tattoo. Like, you know. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, start somewhere. I mean, yeah. Years, I mean, oh, it's weird. At the Blind Pig, I sent the tweet out and the Blind Pig joked about it. Uh, it's a bar and brewery in champagne it's like 
Uh, the last two times I've been in the blind pig and beat, and there are probably four months in between each visit, I ran into some English person. <laughs> and my biggest problem is I emulate accents. I don't try to, I mean, I got, I have a Chris Candido story about, and Chris Candido slash Nigel McGinnis story about British accents, but um, I just like talking to somebody, I just immediately take their speech pattern on which gets really dangerous right now with uh, the University of Illinois being back in session. And I'd say at least a third of the student population is foreign, be it uh, Central Asian or uh, East Asian. (laughs) I mean, I I think the University of Illinois has the largest uh, population of Chinese people outside of a Chinatown in this country i would say more than chicago chinatown definitely well trevor murdoch retains i see who was he facing tyrus oh no i'll take that any day of the week (laughs) just uh, i i think cardona is supposed to be back in a few weeks, but... he lost to a tiny guy last night. Oh, jeez! You know, yeah. I think I saw that on Instagram. Oh. Uh, like a Ronaldo, or yeah, whatever. yeah. And now it's sounding familiar. Uh, I don't. Yeah. So, uh, watching uh Fritz. So we're about to brutally rape the horse. Pretty soon, I saw. Uh, I'm uh, uh, pitfall wrestling. Oh, see, I December. see. I don't follow. I mean, I, once I got I to follow a post. Well, once I got to AAW, it's kind of in Chicago. It's kind of like, well, I know, like that's kind of the beauty of living on I seventy four is I can go and drive. Like I could go to the collective and see GCW if I wanted to, and they'll play Chicago at some point. St. Louis definitely, uh, and it's all just couple hours away every everywhere i drive honestly almost the quad cities was i mean i kind of miss the quad cities because that's where i trained and uh, i know the black and the brave academy is still up there you know i like to see what's going on and honestly i'm gonna call you out crotch scw champion i believe if i saw facebook correctly no you're skinny ass never gave me a fair shot <laughs> back when we're paying our dues under Danny Daniels. <laughs> oh, so um so yeah, we just had the um so Fritz is so we're about winding down Fritz the cat. He's inadvertently hooked himself up with white supremacists <laughs> and is on a mission to blow up a power plant and he's really not thinking about you know the consequences. Well, that's the time to jerk off under a blanket. <laughs> yeah, I I do appreciate that. Like, eh. you gotta you know <laughs> lemon lemons and lemonade, what they say, or this might be more of chicken shit and chicken salad, as we'd like to say in the wrestling business. Um, and Fritz is just a patsy anyhow, and he's he's realizing that the entire way, and it's really the you know not trying to saying that he's not going to blow up the power plant despite he's already got the bomb and he's 
the fuse has been lit you know it's like he realizes you know the it seems like he realizes the uh importance of every being and why we should need you know basically be fighting each other despite he called for revolution not earlier obviously but that's his arc you know he's um you know basically gonna quote the beatles it's not the love you it's not the love you get it's the love you make and i think that offended robert crumb too as i'm looking through as i was looking through all the wikipedia and stuff and then this movie pretty much turns into a parallel of um clockwork orange after the explosion and i love how basky does take shortcuts like i'm just going to show real explosions instead of animating it so fritz the cat ends up blown up in a hospital bed bandaged up and his original entourage of uh, dare I say, um, no, there's no way to, there's no PG way of saying uh, dumpsters of certain chemicals. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's broken up, but his dick still works. <laughs> yeah, so he, so he ends up in LA. He's under house arrest in the hospital, not expected to live. But once his honorage makes it, you find out that Perhaps he didn't really learn anything. Uh, which is the sad, which, which honestly, again, is I think that's what Robert Crumb would have done with the, if he wanted to write this story. Basically, Crumb didn't want this story, I think is what it is. But I don't know how else you tell it. So have you seen A Clockwork Orange? Again, this coming from the guy that... This comes from the guy that made the comic book about the 50s family fucking each other. Well, I mean, it, it's a hell of an act, man. And what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I just, I don't understand. Like, I just recently, we were, I watched the end of this movie recently and uh, the Crumb documentary. And I just don't understand where the fuck this guy gets off. I mean, for real, did all he did it was just draw fat asses on women that he watched creepily, and uh, he's supposed to be some kind of fucking godfather. Well, I, you know, I have to. I as a, as I say, I haven't watched the documentary. Uh, the best knowledge I have about Robert Crumb actually comes from Terry Swigoff, the guy who directed the Crumb documentary. But the movie I know Terry Swigoff for is Ghost World. Um, I know that Daniel Klaus seems to have a pretty uh, the the uh, guy of the comic, and if you read about any Daniel Klaus outside of Ghost World, and truthfully, I haven't read Ghost World. Um, when I was uh, with my best friend, and she's shown me all this stuff, and basically letting me know that I am Steve Buscemi from Ghost World. <laughs> it's my fate. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> um, it's ba- like you read Daniel Klaus's stuff, and then outside of Ghost World, it's like, man, this guy is definitely a fan of Crumb, and it's got some twisted stuff. I I think it's more of an envy thing that uh, Crumb 
may have been an envy thing. Well, I think it may have been more that Crum doesn't want, he just doesn't want to tackle subjects directly. Their whole uh, family is antisocial, dude. Yeah, like, no, I, I know I know his brother Charles is a mess. Um, I mean, that's a main part of the documentary. His brother Charles is dead. I, we, yes, I, I'm just saying, I, we know the... Axon uh, just goes out and just harasses women, apparently. Uh, from what I gather from that documentary. Well, I mean... He just goes out every so often and just feels up women. And goes back to his little fucking apartment wherever he is and lays on a bed of nails and paints. Well, I mean... Fast paintings. <laughs> yes, no. Um, that's why I said the piss thing. Like, the first... Like, the primary image, again, introduced to me, like... Like, I knew of Robert Crumb. I can't say I knew his work uh, before I met my best friend, Stephanie. But, like, she's showing me... Showing me a, like book dedicated to drawings of satan from a wide range of artists from lowbrow to highbrow and you got robert crumb and it's basically um satan jerking off into his own mouth trying to catch the cum as it comes down (laughs) um I, i i don't think there's much narrative to robert crumb as a comic strip writer um, yeah, dude, all those kids were abused. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm not questioning that, but again, you know, what can you say? Like, I go back to Ghost World, and um, Robert Crump. So, for the um, character of Enid, uh, portrayed by Thora Birch, our primary character, she's always journaling and drawing what she sees, and all the drawings were done by Robert Crump's daughter. So, um, the guy bred, so it's going to pass on it. It's scheduled to pass on to another generation. So, um, it's a bunch of, you know, I think it's a bunch of craziness. We just have to learn not to, well, accept. Yes. There's a, there's a thing of acceptance. Um, you uh, gotta be nutty to make good art. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's that it that, i mean there's there's gotta be something off about you well you're, it's it's the it's the fine it's the it's the classic uh concept of the fine line between genius and insanity um like you know i like to joke jack the ripper was a genius and an artist you know he did what he did he didn't go you know he didn't get caught and I think that was part of what he was trying to do. I mean, yeah, I think they've pretty much figured it out. DNA, all that bollocks now. But uh, Zodiac, you know, he didn't, he knew like, yeah, I'm pushing my luck. <laughs> so, um, and it's kind of disturbing, but really, what can oh, I say? No, man. He didn't kill anybody though. Like, he just drew fat asses. Yes, that's that's true with uh, Robert Crumb. But um, again, it's like we want to understand why somebody would do this. And instead of trying to understand this, we decide to chastise them and cut them out. And it's like, you know, they might be answering a lot of questions. It goes back to the 
opening monologue of Fritz the cat of the construction worker complaining about his daughter, you know, and he's like, Oh, free love. What the hell is that? Like we had, you know, yeah, we had a lot of, we never just slept only with our wives and their mothers. (laughs) We never waited for marriage, but we didn't talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. That that aside, like I, I watched this crumb documentary again, and I, I I do relate to a a good variety of it. Oh, yeah. Like the part of like you know not really digging what was going on around you, but right. kind of buying and yeah, but they, his brothers, and it's like you know what he's doing all right. Yeah. Oh no, I mean Crumb is still alive. It's like you almost with like his his infamy, you almost think like well this guy couldn't have lasted and it's like nope. Is he alive? Yes he is. I think he was dead. No, no, he's he's alive. So I mean like Probably I thought he I thought I thought he was dead before Ghost World. I thought he was dead after the documentary came out. <laughs> like no. him. Yeah. So, and that's that really speaks to Robert Crumb. As for Ralph Bashke, I guess as we kind of wrap this all up, um, you know, he has not done much, sadly, um, since um, his uh, Cinemax series, which I'm trying to locate. I'll I'll watch a bootleg. You didn't strike me as a guy that really wanted to do a whole lot, much less to even be famous. Like he didn't. Uh, he never expected to be famous. And he just never. I don't think that ever really wrapped around his head. No, it it did. Like there's a scene where a guy asked him for his autograph, and he's just like, uh, "I don't know, man. That's weird." Yeah, are you talking about Crumb still? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, there's. I understand that. Uh, Robert Crumb just wanted to find a place to express himself. It wasn't about the fame. He just happened to be a brilliant artist nonetheless, and people wanted to explore it. And 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 that's probably how he became more pariah is because oh no, we don't want that. Uh and I and that kind of goes to Ralph Bashke, which is really weird because I know he's made some famous Mighty Mouse cartoons, I think in the eighties. Like he, he's tried to be, I mean Look at Don Bluth. He's a guy who's always done family movies. Even Secret of Nim, no matter how dark that is, it's about the family. Um, While on the flip side, Ralph Bashke's just really trying to, he wants to tell stories and he'll take a paycheck if it, uh, um, you know, as I say, those Mighty Mouse cartoons in the 80s, if it, you know, to get the point B. But he always wants to be true to himself. And sadly, that's kind of like, as I say, the last thing I really knew him for was uh, a series on Cinemax called Spicy City, which I'm trying to find a bootleg of somewhere. Like, I think it was supposed to be Cinemax answer to act Again, Cinemax is weird. I think they had the series Banshee. They've tried to be like t and tbs to hbo's tnt try to be super bro uh so a little bit of banshee it's very like uh it's a very like 80s action movie yeah explosions right, a, right. Know, go get them bro yeah 
Right. That's what I gather from it. But I think that's the most I think it's the most successful thing Cinemax has done original unless you count all their well, no, and for that, I, I have fun watching that kind of stuff. Oh no, right, right. I I get that, but I'm just saying, Cinemax has never really been able to create their own TV no, show. And I think right. they tr- I think they tried that with Spicy City, which was a an uh, kind of an anthology series. Ralph Bashi directed, and of course, you're going to like. I really only recall one episode where some crazy woman kidnaps the girlfriend of this detective and after a brawl that they um she ends up shooting the girlfriend and she's sentenced to dissection yeah they tried doing that uh robert kirkman uh outcast comic book into oh in cinemax yeah you're right you're right there but um as as spicy spicy city it's like you know, I thought this was awesome stuff, especially being a burgeoning an- anime fan at the time. Don't train. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Uh, burgeoning anime fan at the time, because um, I, I, I always like talk to people and like young young people. Like, no man, I saved up. Like, I mowed a lawn. I bought a VHS tape that was twenty five dollars of one hour of cartoons from Japan. No, yeah. I'll have to check that out. That spicy city. I've never heard of it. I not many people have because I can't find it anywhere. Like I can find bootlegs of Captain N the Game Master, my go-to cosplay. Um and I I still kicking myself in the head because I had like I ordered a taking looks at Captain N and how like okay, his Nintendo controller belt was over his t-shirt. So like I found a fanny pack to, to do that instead of <laughs> instead of just t- duct taping a Nintendo controller to my belt <laughs> like uh and I ended up leaving like I ordered it I had it shipped to my parents house and then I ended up forgetting to open that box when I went to Comet uh C2E2 so uh so still pissed about that so yeah Ralph so Ralph Baskey I don't I don't know like it's that was the late 90s and this is after Cool Cool World, um, his animated feature, animated live action feature about a comic book artist ending up entering his own world, and then after shagging the the primary female character. Yeah, I still think about those Cool World characters. Yeah, so. Right, yeah, well, Brad. Dark hair. That one I had his wife. Well, as I said, the the cool world. My okay. problem with I I'd love to see Cool World, and I think it's on Amazon Prime, or <laughs> I know I can rent it. The problem was when it happened. When I got a chance to finally watch it, I was severely concussed in freaking Georgia, Jacksonville, uh, Florida is actually where we were staying during that uh, faithful trip where New Jack avenged me by stabbing a guy not sixteen times. <laughs> yes yeah we'll never we'll never speak ill of new jack on this podcast r.i.p new jack god bless you yes so so it's yeah i'm disappointed that um you know after ralph bashkin i don't think we've had there hasn't been a face in adult animation uh since bashkin the closest thing you could say is trey and matt um matt so um yeah. Matt Stone and Trey Parker, and it's like you'd like to say that in the same way, though. 
I'm sorry. Nowhere near the same way, though. Well, no, like, South Park. The entire the entire plot part of it is the how derivative it was. It was just basically, um, like the first episode and the original um Christmas sketch that George Clooney just passed around Hollywood. Um was done with paper it was basically like this is too cute you know we're taking something taking something childish and we're just screwing it up nobody's really adventured into just taking animation and you can say well what about adult swim um i would not include the the space ghost and the brack show and you get the Venture Brothers, but they even cut, you know, they only go so far. Um, you have Super Jail, I suppose. You, you have some moments of that, but nobody's going to ask for when's the next project from the Super Jail director? Uh, when's the, when, what are we going to get from the um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force guys as a sequel or the next series? Knowing nothing, uh, like I think South Park is something that Ralph Bakshi would have wanted to sink his teeth into. Oh, is that social commentary wise, and like that? Yeah, but he, but I'm just saying he, he. Well, that's it's just the problem is Ralph Bakshi is probably the finest artist in all of Western adult animation, and. We just don't appreciate that. Like, take go back to The Simpsons. That is the most crudely drawn comic, I mean, of all time. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, everybody's got an overbite. I mean, even Beavis and Butthead. Any of Matt Groening stuff. Yeah, what I'm saying is just basically, like, it's not, Ralph Baschke is striving to create some art with what he's doing. While I'm not saying there isn't validity to the work of Matt Groening or uh, Seth MacFarlane, it's just that they're not, you know, they are. Or sticking um, with the NWA theme, I feel yeah. like Tim Storm definitely looks like a Matt Groening drawing drawing of a man. By this or point, Matt or Groening, uh, uh, John John Krasinski. Not John, not John Krasinski. Yeah. Is it John Krasinski? I'm trying to think of the guy who did running. God City. damn it, Beavis and Butthead. Oh, that that is um Mike Judge, which Mike yeah, Judge. I could definitely yeah. uh yeah. Tim Storm looks like a Mike Judge drawing of a man. God damn, God damn it, Bobby. What is there's something about him he makes me like think of oh, no, the, uh, no, he's 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 old and grizzled grizzled, and he's Anderson from Beavis and Butthead. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to deny that. I feel bad for uh, Tim Storm. I'm not saying he isn't a talent. I'm not saying he can't still go. I mean, um, no, I'm a Tim Storm fan. All all of and respect. On yeah. This, uh... but yeah, he's he's the he's what people call a man's man type stuff. That's his ideal. And then, like you're the ones that's been whacking off in my tool shed. Yes, he's no, he's precisely. Let's see. I was trying to think of <laughs> veins popping out of his. Yes, neck. <laughs> and again, I think a little more. Uh, okay, Ren and Simpy, John Krasinski, he's the guy married to Emily Blunt. How like <laughs> there's nothing 
I don't know what it is. What is like, fucking married to him? Uh, John Krasinski. He's basically Jim from The Office. I never watched The Office. Oh, okay, that guy. Yeah, he's married. He's married to John Crick. Yeah, no, I I was just doing it. John John Krifaluski. Uh, yeah, what did he like? John Eighteen-year-old like girl or something like yes, that. Yes, no, no. There's, yeah, he's definitely somebody we can't celebrate. But yeah, I, a, you're talking about the Quiet Place guy. Yeah, John Krasinski's a Quiet Place guy. I got to mix up yeah. with, okay, uh, John Krif Lucy. Um, yeah, no, um, I don't know. There's so much, like. Well, basically, you knew. I don't know what Nickelodeon was ever thinking with Ren and Simpy. Like, I mean, like, ah, jeez. I I love Ren and Simpy, but it's a whole fucking episode just on the fucking book guy. All that, yeah. Whatever his name is, uh, who knew our childhood was so tainted? Yeah. Oh, well, I wouldn't even, like, I was a teenage, well, I was a, I mean, Ren and Sippy came out in 1991. Uh, John Krifalewski, what, Krifalewski, it's a good thing we just can't pronounce his name. Billy West, he's true, <laughs> he's a true Ren and Stimpy. Billy West today. I'm saying he's a true Ren and Stimpy. He, he, took the, he took the reins when Nickelodeon finally acknowledged Dude, you're way too messed up. Why, you know, this is like John. I mean, John Kravalusi is just basically what Tom Green from Freddy Got Fingered was. And Freddy Got Fingered sucked. <laughs> so, and. Oh, you want some sausages? Daddy's done want some sausages? I know. They're like, okay, I was 20, I was 21 when that movie came out. So it's like, I was over the Tom Green stuff. So it was never a hundred percent my thing either, but I don't know. I hear a lot of people I like, oh no, no, you gotta look back at Freddie Got Fingered. It 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 it's it stands like I have a feud, or I don't know if it's a feud because I don't listen to their podcast to find out if they're still mad at me. And it's not everybody, it's uh oh, I can't even remember his last name, and I'm glad about that. Uh so it was a co like one of my um I did a, a two part podcast about the uh movie Dance of the Dead. Um it's a com it's a horror, it's a zombie comedy from about two thousand eight. And it's really good. Uh with um Mitchell from um the podcast was called Morbidly Macabre, and they they did a great episode about uh Columbine. And then the next episode they did, and that was the first episode I heard of them. That's right after we did our recording. And then the next episode they did was uh, about Chris Benoit. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm listening to it, and it's like, okay, one, why wasn't I contact about this? Like, I am a professional wrestler who's shaking Chris Benoit's hand, <laughs> who, you know, blames the wwe for the for the murder suicides not i mean okay chris benoit if if wwe would have stopped 
like, oh, we won the war. Let's go PG. In 2001, there wouldn't be the murder-suicide. Yeah, dude, it's... It's so yeah, I'm just saying like that that's that's why Axe and Smash deserve their money for what Vince McMahon did to them. I and no, honestly, I won't say Axe and Smash. Uh, Demolition deserves money, but anybody who worked for Vince McMahon after 2001, from up until 2000 till the PG era, they deserve compensation for what Vince McMahon put them through because it was totally unnecessary. You killed the market. You yeah, didn't... it's always been weird to me how they just try to rewrite history. Oh, I don't even want to get into the rewriting of history. Like the the uh, the like he... internet exists. Yeah, can you stop? We all know. Yeah, well, it goes back to like um, I tried watching the uh, Attitude Era documentary. Um and like the first step, I only got to watch the first episode before my I unsubscribed to the network for like the fifth or sixth time. Um, and then it was like, no, you really like the Monday Night Wars was fun. The documentary is fun. I mean, Keith David was your freaking narrator. Yeah. Uh, Michael Rappaport, he could be good, but when you know he's spouting out bullshit. <laughs> You, you're not going to get anywhere so yeah so that was the so basically i said look you know you didn't you didn't do anything you you made a great effort trying like i tried to be critical of the podcast you know constructive criticism you made a great great effort but you don't you didn't really capture the end or understand what was going on like i'm yelling at as i'm listening to my car in my car i'm yelling at the radio no that's not how wrestling works like all you need to do is call me up <laughs> and I could have kept everything in line instead of three guys who could care less about wrestling talking about a murder suicide. And like uh, he got pissed off. Oh, you didn't like the, you didn't like how we approached it. You didn't think we told everything you're pissed that we didn't talk about how Crispin was jizz tasted. Like, we didn't know that kind of stuff, which is funny for the moment, but they took it on for two weeks because I tried responding like, uh, look, no, I'm just saying like you, there's a lot of stuff you missed about wrestling. You know, I'm trying to, you know, I didn't tell people not to listen to your podcast. I mean, I, uh, like, you know, what they really fucked up is they didn't have an option to switch back and forth like we did during the Monday Night Wars. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's true. Um, that's where they fucked up. Yeah. Well, no, I was a big fan of TNA moving the Mondays. Like, all right, at least we got something we can turn, you know, change. That's what I liked. Uh, that's what I loved about 2020 when it started. I had NW pay. Like, am I going to watch Monday Night Raw? No, I'm going to watch NWA Power. Oh yeah, there's AEW Dark when it was strictly the matches they didn't put on TV. Uh, AEW Dark kind of got screwed up once the pandemic happened. It's like, well, we can just, you know, and it's a good thing. AEW Dark's a good thing. It's just not like not what it was. It was an hour, like an hour show of dark match. I mean, matches like you got to see Kenny Omega do his death match with Joey Janela, or yeah. So 
No, I've just been watching TNA from the very beginning. The good and times. It's a, a, a hilarious journey. Oh, that's all that can really be said. And it is a ridiculous journey. But that's what I loved about it. It was solely sideshow back when it was all pay-per-view. Oh yeah, like they had the uh that Rainbow Express tag team in the very first episode. Okay, I don't want to talk, necessarily talk like, about oh, that. Yeah. This is a they were actually a really good tag team. They I'm not questioning that. They kept hinting at it like, "Oh yeah, they're gay, but they're they're an awesome tag team." Like, yeah. "Oh, this is kind of a forward-thinking thing." And that Well, that, in 2002, that was forward-thinking. Thinking. All of that the but, whole thing, like, oh well. Like, you know, that's that's exactly <laughs> what that's exactly what Fritz the Cat is. It's basically like we gotta address this stuff. And then we address it from people who don't experience it. And again, I think that's why Robert Crumb hated it. Was basically like Crumb was smart enough to realize that no, we should we're not the pe- we're not the people who should be listened to. Grant, yeah, but first the cat wasn't something that ever should have been a bowling feature. That that can be said, but I would say, like as I say, uh, for its time, I think it. Uh, if you get past the shock value of it, again, crows with tits. Oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. They're like they tried their best. Yeah, it's like the shock fast factor drew people in. Can you get past the shock to listen to the narrative? And the narrative is very flawed, but it at least tries to tell tell the story about how, like, dude, think left. <laughs> like you you got to think you got to think forward. You got to think about everybody. And the American way is definitely we've been taught no think about yourself and do the best for you <laughs> yeah yeah but most of us like first the cat that doesn't occur to us until it's too late yeah that that really does sum it up you're you're great at the nailing the points you you're <laughs> a little you know i i don't know little direction maybe i gotta get step off the uh i love film i like a lot of weird shit but no no film. but no i'm just saying like oh no you really nail you you're nailing the writing portion of it it's like you know i i don't know it's like do i go and find another person to co-host 90 the chill with you (laughs) and all right no no i gotta go and direct it i gotta be the kevin dunn (laughs) um so but um thank you way better condition (laughs) well thank you but uh, thank you very much, uh, Gregory Carl, for coming up on the podcast. You can find him on Facebook pretty easily. I try my best to draw him back into Twitter, but he's probably changed his email address and or put the notifications well, to spam. Social media. Uh, no, well, that's like I don't know. It's come to the point where I don't I don't do a lot of Facebook anymore. It's like it's just so much more fun on Twitter. Like, oh yeah, Donald Trump's a criminal. But yeah, I, I really come on to Twitter to harass corporations. Yeah, no, and that's and what I we should. That, no, no, that's that's uh, the only problem with co- harassing, and that's a big thing. I've like it's like, yeah, but if you tweet it out, 
there's going to be one asshole who's going to see that and then like, well, I'm going to follow this thread instead of the fact that, oh yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a, is the, like, I am doing my damnedest to desensitize the C word, like make it inoffensive. Like say if you watch the boys and Billy Butcher just calling anything bad, the C word, um and it's like but no you have women like marjorie taylor green and lauren bobbert and oh blackburn out of tennessee and yeah no it's like you got you women are so awful that you're going to maintain the fact the c word is something we're not going to be able to spout like we do in england england or australia like ah oh, just very sad see you're aiming too high man i'm aiming low i'm still getting free at free deodorant from old spice because i told them that their uh their pirate would uh whatever deodorant made me uh made me remind me of my dad who died and <laughs> i can't stop crying so now oh. i get deodorant from old spice all right well now we know who the better comic mind is. <laughs> I'm a I'm low, buddy. I'm sorry. Aim low, buddy. Ah, that's uh. Aim low. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say about after that. After like Frisicat. Cat. Well, no, it's basically the message is lost because they tried high, and it's like no, no, just it. We could have had. Fritz is just a stupid cat. Yeah, well. <laughs> he's got that's just it. He's got a lot of knowledge though. Like and I and I say it when I compare myself to my dad. No, like, does he? Fritz is an asshole. He left his but he left that lady just stranded in the desert like that. Look, after she said no, we're going to a Howard Johnson instead of a truck stop, a greasy spoon, like it wasn't going to work, man. She was going to pay for it either way. Fritz didn't have any damn money. Well, why would he complain? <laughs> well, Fritz is a fucking loser. No, but he like he wants to be he, he he's that's that's the thing of education. He wants to know it all. He wants to create something better. He wants all the knowledge. Can he use it? At the end of the day, he's just a dickhead jerking off in the fucking bed while a woman's getting beat. Like ten feet away from him. Yeah, there's yeah, I mean ah, uh, that that is a real tough scene. I'm gonna say that much like uh chicken chicken uh salad and yeah, chicken shit actually, and salad. What was that? No, no. I yeah. Um I don't know. Like I still gotta watch House of the Dragon tonight, so <laughs> I'm hoping we get some messed up stuff like that, though. The first se- the first episode is kind of lacking. <laughs> so, as I say, you can find Gregory Carl on Facebook. That's not hard to do. Uh, if he's mocking people on Twitter, that's at the Vile Comic Five. Uh, you can follow the podcast. Uh, my primarily Twitter account is at CatBusRus. And if you want to talk shit about the podcast, I prefer you do it there because. Um, it doesn't affect the algorithm. 
So in the other and on the other side of the spectrum, please rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps. The uh, five star reviews, preferably, I do reciprocate. The username for those are Scoop Staley. And if you want to be on 90 for Chill the podcast, send an email to russthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R U S S T H E B U S 07 at gmail.com. Offer me, I preferably a movie, a theme, a director, an actor, just focus on sub 100 minute material. But if you really want to talk about um, your favorite movie, I can figure a way out. I'm clever, I have knowledge. So I guess. Uh, I guess being clever makes me better than Fritz the cat. So, um, and uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, thank you, Stacia Harden, for uh, being my inspiration. I'm still trying to do you proud, and I hope that you're still having a positive effect on all the lives you touched before you left us. And yep, that will do it for 90 for Chill, the podcast tonight. Uh, Thank you again, Gregory Carl, and uh, look forward to the next movie. I do see Stay Tuned is on iTunes, I mean, on Amazon Prime, so I don't know. I might have to go and give it a rewatch. Let's do it, man. Uh, As I say, I'm going to give it a rewatch before I go and start promoting. Hey, how about this movie? (laughs) All right. I'm sorry. Oh, House. Are we talking Japan House or the House franchise? The one with George Wint. The House franchise. Okay, no, I am curious about that. Again, I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna have to. I'll have to do the research on my own to start. But yeah, no, I am. Uh, I am. I am curious. That's uh, a fun flick. <laughs> yeah. No, I've. No, that there was a big what culture video about sequels that gave us everything we wanted and we still hated it so <laughs> yeah yeah there were uh the sequels were <laughs> pretty yeah. terrible right right that's but the first they... one's very fun yes no this um and i hear the second one's good the third it kind of falls off then the fourth they tried to return to the beginning and um yeah that killed everything all right well i will let you go um I, I presume 74 is over now, right? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. been over for Murdoch wins. Yeah. yeah that's now that's kind of... Well, no. He beat Tyrus, so... I was, I was like, oh, great. Yeah. Ending on a down point. Like, no, Tyrus is a, Tyrus is a tr- sellout twat. <laughs> so, Nobody was surprises. Yeah, that's the biggest problem with the NWA. But the uh, first no, night one was uh, way better than night two. Well, Camino as, and, uh, and uh, what's her name? Taya Valkyrie was oh, jeez, that was a great match. Well, hopefully my fight to top that. Yeah, no. Well, you said Taya Valkyrie, so I, I it's just well, more cute, more more curious. What is Johnny? She's so talented. Yeah, Taya Valkyrie. She is so talented. Oh yeah. Uh, so the real question is, what is Johnny going to call himself when he finally goes to NWA? Oh, who knows? Because what Johnny? Johnny Enwa? John, John Johnny National? Uh, oh. Johnny Georgia? I I don't know. <laughs> Can I hear a wahoo? Yeah, hey, it... really good microphones on this. I turned this way down before I even oh. start. Yeah, no, tele- telephones have better uh, microphones, I think, than, like, 
this uh snowball i'm talking into um yeah it they they pick up everything man like uh driving back from uh c2e2 it's like well you know i've been doing like daily podcasts while i was there it's like huh maybe i could do try you know trap my older sister in the car and make her make her the poetic critic that's the poetic critic on letterboxd and make her um listen you know make her interact but uh no i i've heard it way too many times like i'm trying to take notes and it's like okay yeah and there was a famous uh when lance storm was doing his podcast i don't know if he's still doing it but at that time he was doing it with don callis and like one time they did a dry he did a recording while they were driving and just threw it on at the end like as a bonus and it's you know just you hear the road and you hear a bunch of cussing so if this podcast is as good as his tweets it's probably worth listening to if it's still around yeah i i just can't recall the name of it because he i don't know how he fell off or i mean i probably was listening at a time where like maybe back when i was still working as a copywriter in peoria where i was listening to podcasts pretty much all day um not a bad job just uh tedious and then um they kept me on as like a temporary worker for like two years so it was a no no weight wage increase or anything so just dead end and then um aflac went and screwed me in the end because i thought well you know what i don't want to get their insurance because i don't trust them but i'll go and get aflac gilbert gottfried you know well it wouldn't be gilbert gottfried at that point he got uh fired as the duck after he made a joke about the um fukushima earthquake and tidal wave so that's what happens when you got ducks running insurance well that's true so yeah basically what happened in the end was like oh yeah well you get one week to send this letter back to us so we know you want to still keep the service and you know by the time i get it get it to them they've already sent back the Oh well, here's a here's the refund check because you know you were too late, so it was very uh yeah. So um yep. So uh, if they screwed Gilbert Gottfried, they're gonna screw you. My opinion on Affleck and I don't know. I've never heard them sponsor a podcast yet. I know State Farm. I know Geico. I think Progressive, but so I don't think I'm in any trouble. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think- I don't even think they advertise on TV anymore. Oh, I think you do see it. More of a sporting thing, though. Like, uh, I mean, if you... I'm not a big football... uh, I don't watch football like I used to. I'm very much a soccer guy. Um, So, like, oh, I got my my English club, and I don't really need anything else. Um, Especially now, since I got bought out by the Saudis. So, it's like... uh, but of course, the Cubs were bought out by right-wing nuts anyhow, too. So what are you going to do? Yeah, that would explain why they let all their free agents go away. Well, they won the title. They they did more, you know, they did more than ownership had done in uh, 108 years. So, you know, can't really fault them. <laughs> let them go away. Well, it, it, and it, as a Cubs fan, though, that's what we're used to um like uh well i guess when i say that's what we're used to we always had one guy who would 
like stick around and was like the face of the team. So growing up, it for me it was Ryan Sandberg at second base. And um yeah, he just uh he stuck around, um made it got a big contract. Like he had the biggest contract in baseball at the time. And we're only talking uh twenty seven million over three years. <laughs> Uh, which tells you how the game is turned. And it was um, after that, like two years in, he decided, yeah, I'm just going to retire. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I don't think you'd pay me enough. If I was that good, I don't think you'd pay me enough to stay in Chicago. Oh, now, oh, this is like, I live in Champaign, but it's like I had two options when I moved out of Peoria. It was like, what two places am I familiar with and I can get around easily and handle myself in? Champagne Urbana because of my best friend. I kept on coming down here to visit her when she was at U of I and Chicago land because of my pro wrestling career. And like, well, where am I going to most likely going to live affordably and not get shot at? I thought it would be Champagne Urbana. Nope. <laughs> so, so there's a bit of regret. And uh, my trainer, Danny Daniels is always telling me, like after I lost my, uh, I like lost a lot of hours at a job. Why didn't you tell me? I get you hooked up at Whole Foods in Chicago. Move up here. <laughs> and uh, before that, like, oh yeah, no, it's been a tough year. I was unemployed for the majority. Of- you were unemployed, and you didn't just grab uh, Nikki Nikki Mayday and just move up here. You guys could share an apartment. <laughs> so. Uh, so I love Chicago land. I mean, I'm very comfortable. I love, there's a part of me that loves the dinginess, like seeing a rock concert in the, like at the bottoms lounge at the center of the meat packing district. Like, yeah, that's, that's just my kind of grunge. Yeah. But you didn't have a contract to fall on either. No, no, that's true. But I'm just saying it's like, Oh, I just, I got, I had the four stars on my arm. So it's, that's, uh, which was, was like, um, I had a p- tattoo idea. Like I had to go and get some work done. All right. So what am I going to do? So I made a, I drew up a pipe bomb arm, uh, which is a microphone with a little box. And then a, instead of the microphone at the end of it, it's the bomb arm from Super Mario Brothers. Like, that's cool. It's for CM Punk. And then it's like, Oh gosh, CM Punk is such a twat. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I've never been a straight edge person. I liked. Nah, uh, that th- that is a tough one. Uh, I won't deny that. Uh, my little brother had a straight edge period. Like his first tattoo was three X's. Uh, I'd say about five by nine in the end of it, <laughs> inch wise. <laughs> and he eventually like got a tat. Got it updated he has the uh t-rex he's completed it but still has the three x's and that was a stupid time because even then his tattoo artist um who was my tattoo guy at the time uh satan he occasionally works in a uh oh shoot twisted visions in peoria heights he's based out of louisville primarily and um like he told my little brother so you want the straight edge or the Vin Diesel? So still, still quite in the uh, time frame when he got that done. 
Um, but yeah, he was a real, my little brother is a, and I think he'll acknowledge it, it was a real twat uh, when he was a straight edge. Like, you know, he had that. Sam Punk looks miserable in every like photo op I see him in. He just always looks miserable. Well, I don't know. Like when I uh, came from a, like I tried to figure figure out is straight edge something I should have considered remaining. And granted, I was never really straight edge. Like I had a fifth of vodka somewhere in my uh, bedroom, like in case of case of fire break um so i didn't drink much but i had the option it's kind of like the argument it's better to have a gun and never use it than to wish for a gun and never have it i disagree with that so i don't know it's it's basically cm punk had a tough tough childhood i'm not going to question that and he chose to wear a chip on his shoulder and wanted to be better than everybody, basically, to prove that he overcame. And, you know, for me, it's like, no, man, I'm just going to keep rolling with the punches. Now, I've probably had a more frustrating adult life. I mean, when when Colt Cabana sued CM Punk, it was Punk was a, expected to be eight million dollars. So I'm not going to I'm not going to. You know, I am I'm on Colt Cabana's side of that one. I'm not questioning that. Um so I didn't stick around though at uh fan let's say C2E2 for the um photo op with punk. Cause again, it's weird for me because I met punk uh when I was wrestling, and it's like, you know, you don't ask the boys for autographs. <laughs> um, but I did get a, a at con uh C2E2, I did get a picture of uh a picture and autograph of Dan Housen. So, um, and uh, similarly about Nick Gage, well, the Nick Gage meet and greet at GCW. Uh, yeah, like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to meet Nick Gage, but <laughs> I guess it would be kind of funny considering he's dressed like he's going to court in 1995. But I mean, I just I, I don't. He's a he's a He's a guy I would like to meet. I think he may have been just hanging out in a AW show back in twenty uh twenty one, but um that I went to. But uh yeah, um I mean he's an interesting character. I, I can't say I've really ever was too friendly with the deathmatch guys. I really only know knew um knew Ian and I knew Corporal Robinson. He's He's definitely somebody who's better just stay off social media because the stuff he said, oh, that's can't, you know, yeah, that's that's definitely somebody who deserves to be canceled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, I, I I feel like I'm maybe two steps away from being Nick Gage. Like, all it would take is me meeting the right person at this point. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think Nick Cage. Nick Cage is an interesting story. I had I really do have to watch Beyond the Mat, not Beyond the Mat, uh, Dark Side of the Ring. That's it. That's the name of the show. Somehow I was blacking out on that for a while. I really got to catch up on those episodes. But a lot of it for me being in the business, it's like, like I watched The Wrestler is a very hard watch for me. Like I've tried to rewatch it a couple of times and I think it's a beautiful movie, but it's like, yeah, I've seen all that. It's it's way too accurate. In other words, 
Yeah, but you really don't have to be a wrestler to really feel what he's going through. Like, he could just work in the service in- industry and feel like shoving your hand in the meat grinder. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. It's not like I haven't had thoughts like that. But yeah, it's... But I'm just saying it's... Going through the, the wrestling business, it's, you know, right like that. So, uh, let me... Uh, well, I haven't... Long live Flash! You've saved your ass. Have a nice day. <laughs>